Welcome back to the space between where solutions always have room to grow. I am your humble host, Sean McClellan, and I have a very, very special guest today with me for the Space Between podcast. I have Miss Elizabeth Elizabeth Meggs here with me, who is a faith-based inspirational speaker, who is an overcomer and fighter, who knows her purpose is to inspire, provide hope, and encourage those who are going through the toughest challenges of their lives to never, ever give up. Elizabeth, thank you so much for making time today for the Space Between. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I am so blessed for this opportunity to get to share my story with your audience and uh, provide a little bit of hope today and help people to learn how to overcome. You definitely are an overcomer. I'm just reading your story here and I'm going to let you kind of take us back to how your life forever changed in an instant. And I'm very uh, aware of the fragility of life and how it can change on a dime. And can you kind of take us back to where that moment was in your life and what happened and what got you on the trajectory of what you're doing today? Yes, I would love to. I was basically a beautiful 14-year-old girl that was chasing after her dreams of becoming a big name on the country music singing stage. I had been performing and singing since the age of seven when I started taking voice lessons because my mom saw my gifts and my talents, and so did my voice teacher. I would travel all around Kansas, um, the eastern side of Kansas, and mom would even take me into Missouri or Oklahoma for singing and performing in talent shows. I was very popular played every sport, was a cheerleader, always had friends. Everyone wanted to be my friend. I was known for my voice. I had been in a recording studio cutting a demo tape in the spring of my eighth grade year because I had plans of moving to Nashville as soon as I graduated high school and pursuing my singing. But then one week into my freshman year of high school, my life was totally turned upside down. My best friend's mom was driving us to the movies on a rural two-lane highway when all of a sudden we were struck from behind. This sent our vehicle into a tailspin, which proceeded into a barrel roll multiple times until we finally landed in the field on the opposite side of the highway. With every roll, my head was at the point of impact. EMTs arrived on the scene. I had to be cut from the vehicle and would have to be resuscitated multiple times at the scene before they could get me stable to transport to the rural hospital. Once at the rural hospital, uh, the doctors there knew that they were not equipped to take care of my needs, so I needed to be life-flighted to the nearest trauma center an hour and a half away by car. Once my parents and my brother and sister-in-law arrived at the trauma center, they would receive a very dim prognosis, less than a 25% survival rate. 
doctor said, we make no promises. Essentially, get your family here now so that they can say their goodbyes. They got me stable. All of my family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins were all there with my immediate family. And uh, I was stable. Everyone had been awake for more than 24 hours. It was Sunday evening. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins decided that they could go get hotel rooms, get some rest. Then in the middle of the night on Sunday, I took a turn for the worst. My brain began swelling rapidly. It got to six to seven times the normal cranial pressure in my brain. Doctor said, this is likely the end. Get your family back here um, to say their goodbyes. There was a Calvary Baptist minister in the pediatric ICU unit that night that uh, offered to come and pray with my family. And uh, it was with that prayer that my mom felt a weight lifted off of her shoulders and she knew I was gonna survive. Approximately one hour later, my brain swelling began to go down and they were able to get me more stable but I would remain in this coma for three weeks. Once I came out of the coma, I was basically reduced to that of an infant. I couldn't sit up on the edge of the bed by myself. I couldn't do anything independently. I had to rely on someone to help me with absolutely everything. At this point, I was focusing on my recovery, regaining my strength. I had no idea that my life was forever changed. I would continue rehab, be uh, transferred to a subacute rehab unit at the one month mark, four weeks, uh, where I would remain for two and a half weeks, walking with a walker, using a wheelchair for long distances. So once discharged from there, wasn't ready to get back into school yet because I wasn't quite strong enough had to start a seven-week intensive rehab program that would be outpatient eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, up in the Kansas City, Missouri area, where my mom would live in the Ronald McDonald house during the week and do rehab every day. I would be discharged from that program at Thanksgiving, get back in school after Thanksgiving break, where I Luckily, wasn't using a walker, didn't require a wheelchair anymore. I was able to walk and was strong. My balance was still a little bit off, so I would continue to do outpatient physical and occupational therapy for years. My left side was affected with muscle tone, so my arm was always drawn up to my chest, and I couldn't open my hand without prying my fingers open for years. So I dealt with a lot of judgment. People would see me, and if they didn't know me prior to the car accident and know what had happened, they would decide that I was not worth their time. Back in school, my friends' lives had gone on. They didn't have time for me. I perceived that they didn't even really care if I was around. They still worked their part-time jobs played the sports we loved, went out on the weekends. I was focusing on therapy, 
in schoolwork, which was much more difficult. Had to hire tutors. My mom had to help me with all of my homework in order to get me through high school. There would be multiple times a week for four to five years that I would come home from school in college and tell my parents I should have died. I wish I was dead. I want to kill myself. But there was a voice in my heart that brought me comfort and peace saying, I have a plan for you. You have to keep going. You can't stop. I knew it was the voice of God. It would have helped me so much if I would have been able to speak to someone who had gone through what I was going through as I was going through that, but I didn't have that. So I knew that I had to be that for someone else. So every night, no matter what had happened during the day, if I had wanted to kill myself, every night before I went to bed, I went to bed with a thankful and grateful heart praying to God, thanking him for my life, thanking him for my blessings, and asking him to lead me and help me to make the right choices so that I could help those be placed in my path because I knew I had a purpose. I didn't know what that purpose was going to be. I had no clue for a lot of years. But that's what got me through. I was able to graduate with my class by the grace of God went on to community college and then on to university where I changed my major four times trying to figure out what God's plan was for me. Still having a lot of struggles. My physical deficits in college weren't as noticeable, but I still dealt with judgment. People that would decide that I wasn't worth their time. But all of those struggles made me the woman I am today. They gave me strength. They helped to make me the resilient person that I am. After eight years of college, I would graduate with an associate's degree in occupational therapy, where when I walked into the first room of a patient who had suffered a stroke, they would tell me that they couldn't do this. The fact that I could sit across from them and share with them my story, that gave them hope. On the day I discharged them home, they would give me a hug and say, I couldn't have gotten to this without you. Thank you. And God has continued to open doors for me. And I've developed different strategies to help me through all of the difficult times that have continued to help me even more recently with some of my struggles. What are some of those strategies from my audience? Because I, I think we all struggle in this life and your struggle is one that I'm not familiar with. I think we all go through some sort of trauma as kids. Um, but can you give me some, maybe some of the strategies that are working for you effectively that help you when you just kind of get down and out on yourself and think that there's no way out? When it feels like nothing but negativity is coming at you and everything is negative, what you focus on grows. So if you can take a step back and try to pick out the positives of every day, turn your negatives into positives. Um, it was hard in the very beginning, but trying to come up every night before you go to bed, reflect over your day, come up with three positives from that day, focus on those. It's gonna help you to be able to go to sleep 
in a positive mindset, that's going to help you to be able to sleep better. In the morning, refocus on those three positives. Each day is a new day to do better than yesterday. So yesterday, you may have been hit with something that you feel like you can't get through. But you can make the choice to keep going, focus on the positives and not give up. Positives is definitely the big thing. Just focus on what's positive. It's hard in the beginning, but as the more and more you do it, it becomes a habit and it's going to get easier and easier and it's going to become automatic to where you're always pulling out the positives instead of focusing on the negatives. That's a very interesting fact. And I, I agree with all that. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, putting positive things into my head before I go to sleep at night. That way my subconscious can kind of marinate on that while I'm sleeping. But we are living in such a negative, negative world. And I think for me personally, my, my biggest struggle now is we're so distracted uh, right now with all the things that are going on. It's hard to focus, um, even to do podcasting or, you know, speaking. It's very difficult when you have all these external forces trying to pull your attention away from the things you know you need to be focused on. Um, do you think you would be doing anything different right now in this world if you had not been in this accident? Yeah, I would be in Nashville right now singing and performing. My life would not be near as rewarding as it is today. So as I reflect back on the last 23 years of my life, I would not change a thing. I love that, Elizabeth. And here's what I know about God. Um, He will not use this accident, um, but for any reason but to give him glory to speak through you as a conduit to give other people hope in this world for your life. And I think what you're doing is amazing. I think your attitude is fantastic and he's not going to allow your accident to go to waste. So you can hopefully bring other people to him through your story and your messaging. And I think that's exactly what you're doing. And I think that is fantastic. I would like to add one more thing because there's been people that I've met over the years that have asked me, They've said, well, how can you follow God when God put you through this accident? God didn't put me through the accident. Things happen. Things happen. But God was always there with me every step of the way through my recovery. He just wants you to turn to him and ask him for the help to keep going. Continue to turn to him. He's always going to be there. When I didn't have anyone to talk to who knew what I was going through, every night before I went to bed, I would pray to him, letting him know what was on my heart, giving it to him. A lot of times I would cry myself to sleep, letting him know where I was at, asking him for help and asking him to lead me. And he has not failed me. He's been faithful to me. And I've been faithful to him. I love it. I receive all of that. And I think it's interesting you say some people, we don't make God a first priority. Sometimes we make him a last resort. You know, I've been guilty myself of running to other things for comfort, um, 
to kind of self-soothe myself when things were kind of not good in my life, whether it was alcohol or drugs or whatever it was, something that was not God. Um, and I, I think it's a lot, it's very difficult for a human being to understand that we have everything we need in him and that all these external things of the world are not going to fill us up. They're going to leave us empty. doesn't matter how much money we have. doesn't matter what kind of house or car or stuff we have. None of those things are going to give us essentially what God can give us in our life. Exactly. He is a God of love, of peace. He brought me comfort and peace when I was struggling, when I was falling down broken. He picked up the pieces that I was in and he put them back together. I am a messenger for him. He's continued over the years to bring people into my life that I either needed the help or that needed to help me to get me where I needed to be. With all of that has been comfort and peace. He's not a God that is of chaos and confusion. That's the enemy. I've learned that more recently that choosing peace through him is so much better than living in constant chaos and confusion. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Unfortunately for us, I mean, the, the world is in a very chaotic and confused place. I mean, um, it took me personally making a mess of my life to kind of come back to the Lord. And I see something here. You, uh, you have something, a topic here. Um, how to go from surviving to thriving um, after abuse. And for me, uh, that surviving or thriving title means a lot to me because I contemplated my life a few years ago and I found a sermon from our preacher at church titled that. So I was like, well, I'm going to take my life. Let me just at least listen to this sermon before I make any compulsive decisions. And basically the sermon topic uh, talked about God will turn our life upside down to put us on display to ourselves, to discipline us and claim us as his child. And uh, listening to that, you know, it, it woke me up from the decisions I had been making in my life uh, to, for the situation that I was in. But you talk about surviving or thriving after abuse. Can you explain a little bit more about what that means for you in your life? I got married in 2020. My husband, I thought we were equally yoked when we got engaged. It wasn't until we were in the marriage that I began to realize that he was not in the same place as me. God would was continuing to open doors for me to speak and share my story. I began sharing my story on the stage back in 2017 when I found a church that had to celebrate recovery. And that got me getting up and sharing my story. And so many times people would come up to me after I had shared and said, thank you. Your story gives me so much hope. One night, a woman came up to me and said, Beth, I wasn't going to come to church tonight, but something was telling me I needed to be here. I know now that that was God. I needed to hear your story. It gives me hope. Thank you. So I knew that God was placing me exactly where I needed to be. After I got married and moved from Waco to Texas up to Dallas, God continued to open doors to get the people into my life that could help me 
to grow my speaking and coaching business. So grateful that by me walking through the doors that God is opening with trust and faith in him, he is rewarding me. But my husband had a lot of insecurities, big financial insecurities, and would tell me six or seven months into the marriage that no one would ever pay me to share my story that the only financial security I would ever have is through my occupational therapy degree. He would make me cry multiple times a month for over two years. I don't get married to get divorced. I believe in making it work, two people sacrificing for each other and making it work. Multiple times he would tell me after um, costs would start to rise that he needed me to step up, make more money. Even though I was with my two or three days a week working at the hospital, was making more than enough to pay my half of the bills plus the groceries. He kept telling me, you're going to have to figure out how to make money with your business or forget it. And on March 27th and 28th of 2023, I uh, was, I found out about a two-day speaking seminar that uh, would get me my professional demo reel for my website, my professional picture of me speaking on the stage, and help me to be able to learn how to uh, speak better and get payment for speaking. I had to talk to my husband three times to get him to allow me to use my business money to invest in this opportunity. At the end of that week, God would use someone from my past that I hadn't seen in over three and a half years. The person that God used to get me to the church and speaking at Celebrate Recovery he had used this person three times in my life since 2016, and this was the fourth time that he was using him. This was the first person that I ever met that truly saw me and didn't judge me, saw my heart, and saw what I was doing with my life, who believed in me. On Monday, April 3rd, I would get a call from the coach who did that two-day speaking seminar. And he told me that I was chosen to get the scholarship for his four-month coaching program in order to help me to better outline my talks, come up with more than one talk, as well as get paid speaking opportunities so I could continue to share my story with the world. My husband came home. I made dinner that night. After dinner, I shared with him the opportunity his response to me was, until I see in writing there are no fees involved in this, you are not allowed to do it. I started to cry. He gave me a dirty look and said, why are you crying? 
I said, because this is who I am. This is what God has called me to do. And now he's opening the doors for me to do it. And you're telling me that I can't. And he said, I'm just looking out for us. This is a businessman. He is only out to take whatever he can get from you. He doesn't want to help you. I knew better because I had been doing networking for two years previous. And every business owner and entrepreneur that I had come into contact with, if they had a way of helping me, they were wanting to help me in any way that they could. If that was through a connection or through their experience. I knew in that moment that my husband had never seen me because God reminded me of someone who always did. My husband had never seen me. He was never going to see me. He was never going to support me. I knew in that moment that I had to get out. I began seeing the verbal and emotional abuse that I had blocked, had been blind to for over two years. God moved mountains for me that week. I was able to transfer from the hospital in Dallas to the sister hospital in Waco. I was able to find an apartment that I could afford. I had friends that put me up for a week and a half until I could get into the apartment. The night before Easter, Saturday night, I left. And I found my peace and my freedom again. Isn't it, isn't it such an amazing testament to God, Elizabeth, how what you just mentioned and talked about, all the negative things you were going through had to happen for you to, to kind of see who was for you and who was against you. Like I, I can make the comparison of my life as well with some, some things that have happened. I love the fact that you mentioned CR. Um, I'm a big fan of celebrate recovery. I attend meetings every Thursday in my church. I teach lessons and it, it's a great place to know, to go to, if you never heard about it, uh, it's a, a Christ center recovery program for people who have any sort of hurt habit or hang up. It's not just about drugs or alcohol, codependency, stress, anxiety, worry, whatever you're going through, life stuff. It is a great place to go, not be judged and be around people who are struggling, who you can share your story with. And that's really the best thing about it is to me, it's like a therapy session because you get yes. to share and there's healing and sharing. Uh, my, my heart aches for you, but I'm so, so happy we did this interview today because you're inspiring me this moment right now and you're inspiring people all around the world. And I'm so glad that God is using you to share your story, to teach a lesson, to give people hope, because we need more of that. We need more people like you in this world, Elizabeth Meggs. So thank you for your willingness to step up today and be here with me. It really means the world to me. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. I'm just so blessed for this opportunity. I am trying to Share my strategies with those that feel lost, have lost hope, are dealing with anxiety and depression and feel like there's no way out because I've been there more times than I can count. The strategies that I learned through my recovery with the car accident are the strategies that pulled me through the two and a half years of my marriage. God protected me all along because I've always chose him. He wants you to choose him. He's chasing you. He is. And then more often than not, we're running away from him. 
Uh, yes. You know, I, I look at myself and I compare myself to, to Jonah sometimes in the well. Like he called, he called Jonah. Jonah ran as far as way as he could, but he got swallowed up by the well. And then God put him exactly where he wanted him to be. I believe yes. he, he's put you exactly where he wants you, Elizabeth. I believe he's putting me exactly where he wants me. Um, and that's a beautiful thing because uh, if he is for us, nobody can be against us no matter what in this world. Nobody. His, his love. So one of my favorite worship songs is Reckless Love of God. God loves us more powerfully than anything in this world. His love is the most powerful thing. He loves us. He's there for us. And he can carry you through your darkest moments. But you have to choose him and turn to him. He has rewarded me for walking through every door that he has opened with faith and trust in him. I've not, early on I had fear, but I no longer have fear because God has my back. He's always going to carry me through. I want to share with you today, belief is such a big reason why I am here right now. I believed and I knew I had a purpose. I know that we all have a purpose. If you're struggling with belief in yourself right now, I want you to know that I believe in you and I know that you have everything within you to make the desires of your heart a reality. What you desire and what your dreams and your goals, that wants you back. So don't ever get up, give up. Keep fighting for them. Go moving towards them. And just know that I believe in you and I know you can do anything that you put your mind and your heart to, but you can't give up. Cannot give up, Elizabeth. I agree with you 100%. And most people give up. They give up on their dream. They give up on their aspirations. They give up on their purpose. And to me, I, I recognize that I only have one life to live. And I know that God has called me to, to do this podcast to help people inspire and encourage them through the struggles and things that I've been through, as have you, although my struggles look different. I wanted to touch base on something that you I heard from one of your talks. And I love this verse from Jeremiah 29, 11. It's my life verse. And you mentioned this as well for you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Elizabeth Meggs, he is absolutely giving you hope. <laughs> He's giving you the brightest future. I know you can see it. I believe in you. I believe in your story. I believe in everything we've talked about today. Where can my listeners go to get in touch with you, uh, to work with you, to, to get inspired, to where can people hire you at? Give me, give me some information. I'm going to put all this information in the show notes, but where can they go specifically to reach out to you if they need questions or help? Elizabethinspires.com is my website. You can find links to all of my social media and follow me on those social media platforms there. I also want to encourage you, if you're struggling with overcoming the challenges that you face on a daily basis if you go to the resources tab drop that down and you will see the ei method that is one of my strategies that is free to download print that off and keep it wherever you need it most if it's your desk at work if you need two or three copies at home print as many as you need 
and it'll just help you to be able to overcome the stress, the anxiety, stuff that you're facing on a daily basis that you just don't feel like you can ever overcome and make it through. I know you can. As I told you, you have everything within you to make your dreams a reality. These are just stepping stones to help you to grow into your fullest potential so that you can do your purpose. You may not know what your purpose is right now, but you can't give up. You got to keep pushing forward to it. And over time, as you become stronger and stronger and more resilient, you're going to figure out what that purpose is. And I promise you that purpose is so much more rewarding than any of the struggles anything that you will ever face. I couldn't have said it better, Elizabeth Meggs. I couldn't have said it better. I'll tell you what, you are an absolute miracle. I enjoy my time and my conversation today with you so much. Thank you so much for your time today, sweetie. Guys, do me a favor, get on over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating for the show, subscribe, reach out to Elizabeth, get her information. What an amazing human being she is. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining me today, Elizabeth, and we will talk to you guys soon on the next Space Between podcast. And just like that, another void has been filled in the Space Between. Hey, listen, you're obviously a podcast listener. You're listening to this podcast, which I appreciate you. Have you ever thought about launching your own? Are you somebody who feels like, I've got a message, but I'm not quite clear what it is or who would ever want to hear it? Let's do this. Let's have a conversation. I'll kind of take you behind the scenes of the Space Between podcast show you how I do it. And worst case scenario, you'll have three really simple steps that you can use right now to understand what your message is and how to get it out there. Go to linkwithshawn.com, S-E-A-N, linkwithshawn.com, book a call, pick a time that works for you, and let's have a conversation about you and your message, all right? We'll see you on the call.